Welcome to Medicine Made Simple, your source for daily simple five-minute explanations of the latest medical news. So this episode is Healthcare AI Made Simple, and you've probably read headlines about astonishing advances in artificial intelligence and the medicine of the future being available today and things like that. Um, I'll actually be doing a webinar for Ionix Technologies on this topic um, on October 20th, 2020, which should be available as a VOD on YouTube in the future if you're listening later. But basically, the 10-second answer to this, what is healthcare AI, is unfortunately, uh, today it's mostly hype. But what I still find interesting is the magical effect of the term AI has on marketing and healthcare marketing specifically. The vast majority of, quote, AI systems I see in healthcare companies, and many of these even have AI in their name or a .ai website, uh, is mostly marketing. So some part of their system may use a third-party kind of natural language processing software, which you can get off the shelf like Amazon Comprehend Medical, or they deal with large amounts of data or use some kind of machine learning but really uh, it looks like they're marketing on the cutting edge of improving things for patients. And they're generally focused on money, which is revenue uh, and not improve patient care or outcomes. Um, I do get excited about AI in other industries. So there's innovations like you know, Tesla for autonomous driving, um, gaming, you, you see Stockfish for chess, AlphaGo and Go, and OpenAI has done a lot of really interesting things in both Dota 2 and other games. Uh, and for art, you have Dali, D-A-L-L-E, which is super interesting. Uh, if you could go to their site, you basically type in a sentence and it creates art on the fly immediately. So if you say like a sad clown riding a tricycle in front of a nuclear explosion, it will literally create a few pieces of art that have that immediately. It's, it's really incredible. So, so those are really cool ones in other industries. And one of the big things I've heard over the years in healthcare is image recognition for x-rays, CTs, etc. So this AI variant, I guess I could call it a variant, is machine learning. And so that's kind of showing thousands of images to a computer. Then over time, the program can detect patterns and diagnose similar things in the future. Uh, one company, Nuance, was doing this, and I was keeping up with their progress uh, until they were acquired by Microsoft. And again, I've seen studies, but in the real world at scale, patients who are actually going to the radiologist, going to the doctor, uh, is this making a difference to patients? Uh, I don't believe so today. But so to, so I'm going to chat real quick about some of the examples I know personally or professionally. Obviously, I can dig up more, but so these are the ones that I know. So there's one called Leantas, L-E-A-N-T-A-S. Um, they use the term AI very liberally on their website. I've been to their headquarters in Silicon Valley. Um, they talk mostly about revenue, not patient outcome improvement. So this is standard for U.S. healthcare companies there very revenue-based, not patient-centric. And if you look at the website, their kind of value proposition is to maximize time seeing patients in the operating room. And they say that they can earn the hospital system up to $500,000 per year per OR. Um, they do use the term patient access, but it's not quantified in the way that the, the, the revenue is. So um, they can kind of massage the patient access to fit their narrative, but it's not very, uh, it's not conclusive. Um, Another company is closedloop.ai. They're here in Austin where I am. Um, I spoke to this company a year or so ago. Again, their website's full of AI references. Um, lots of the things I see 
that they're working on. I worked on more than a decade ago at Cedar sinai in LA. Obviously, we didn't use AI or anything near that, but they're still kind of doing the same the same things. I don't see I, I, like where the AI fits in, um, both on their website and speaking with them, but um, they do things like readmission prevention, um, preventing no-shows, and the same thing kind of as Lean Tufts, where they, you know, here they look at ED utilization, you know, the emergency departments of the ER. Again, it's primarily a revenue play um, with some patient references sprinkled in. Uh, the next one is called Giant, uh, G-Y-A-N-T. I actually know a couple of really smart people who work or worked for Giant, and their uh, AI is a chatbot. So I used chatbots like in the 1990s. You know, they were Smarter Child and other things on AOL and Messenger. But this chatbot is used to triage, which means to assign degrees of urgency to wounded or ill patients. And they found success triaging during the COVID pandemic. So imagine a questionnaire, but a bit more interactive. So it feels real time. And their case study stats on their site, again, are total revenue, contact center savings, and new patient revenue. So again, its value prop is a monetary play. Um, the last thing I'll discuss uh, was an article that came up in July 2022. It was a very sensational headline. It, it was AI could prevent thousands of deaths yearly in all caps. Um, so this was, you know, uh, pretty wild to read that that headline. But I read the actual study, not the article, not just the article, and um, they didn't even use mortality as an outcome uh, because it was a retrospective analysis. So that means that you kind of look, you get data and look backwards. Um, and when you compare it to the sensitivity, which is the percentage of true positive, so when you're able to actually guess the correct uh, thing, um, the correct outcome, it was actually the same as existing tools because existing tools are also, there's a, there's a bunch of calculators and things which the algorithm was using. Um, another thing was that sepsis doesn't cause death in the short term in like this kind of you know hourly kind of uh, rate that they were looking at, whereas septic shock, um, could be something that we can compare that to. Um, so, it, so it was a little bit um, misleading, and the AI also didn't diagnose sepsis um, to, to prevent these deaths. It was an early warning system that the patient may have sepsis, and a physician would go and confirm this. Um, and from my experience working on EHR systems, one major stat that they left out was how many false positive alerts their AI provides. So we get a ton of alerts uh, when you're when you're a doctor in a, in a health system. Um, the hospital system usually will err on the side of showing every alert. So you will be getting tons of alerts whenever you prescribe a medication. You get all kinds of weird stuff, like even if they're you know like like Vaseline conflicts with Doxy was a funny one that I've heard. Um, so yeah, so like you know. Um, all these things that we end up having, um, you're just gonna get an early warning, and I'd imagine there was a lot of false positives um, to say that you know this patient may have sepsis, and then you know you do a workup and you don't, and they don't, or however it goes. So again, at least this one I felt was more clinically focused, but again, it was a little underwhelming in their methodologies. Um, so overall, this is the state of AI in healthcare today. Um, so the next time you see a headline or article, I suggest you read the article. Um, if there is a link to the study, you might want to read that, at least read the abstract or conclusion of that to understand what the study actually measured versus what the article says. Um, and to critically think about the marketing angle and assess if it'll actually make 
any difference for patients, uh, for improved care, or if it's just another, you know, more fluff into the pile of increased revenue for hospitals and companies. Thanks.